Hi everybody, it's Julia Mann here, owner and founder of Lash Tribe. We help create successful and fully booked lash artists all over the world with the help of our online and in-person training programs. In today's episode of the Lash Tribe show, I am super excited to welcome Emily Chuli from Beauty Pro Media. Emily has been in the lash and beauty industry for many, many years, over a decade. She's very knowledgeable when it comes to a topic that everyone is talking about right now, which has a lot to do with opening up salons and being COVID safe. In today's episode, we're going to talk about uh, everything that has to do with disinfectant, sanitation, wearing gloves, masks, how you should get and can get your own salon COVID ready so that your clients are going to be safe and you're going to be safe as well and you are going to follow your government regulations okay this is going to be one of the longest podcasts that we have recorded so far just because there's so much information that went into this episode so make sure you go ahead and watch it listen to it share it so that everyone knows what is going on and how you can stay COVID safe in your business as well coming on with me today I think this is such a great topic because you are like the fairy godmother of (laughs) hygiene sanitation disinfection sterilization Um, and there's so many differences and I just wanted to have a chat to you to talk about the current situation because at the moment here in Queensland and at the time this airs we have been open for a week around a week where I am and we have like a COVID safe plan for salons by the government in place and I just wanted to chat like have a discussion between the two of us what you think salons should be putting into place even if the government might not say it but from your kind of perspective having gone through some of the more so not so nice things mm-hmm. of infection yeah so thank you for coming on I'm excited thank you for having me I'm really excited I was really excited when you asked me what is your take on the whole situation over where you are let's start maybe with Canada what do you think salons should be doing and what haven't they been doing at all I've been studying up like I have stacks and stacks of papers and I'm sure you do too exactly of like what other places are doing because uh where I live in BC they haven't come out with anything solid or concrete yet and they are talking about opening after the long weekend so next week wow but we have no guide guidance yet so I would yeah that's not good so uh a lot of what I've been seeing in in those guides are things that we should already be doing well that's true yeah but how far can you take it I mean let's talk about the very simple thing and I think I went laugh about this like two days ago and I said you have to put yourself into your client's mind and then walk through the salon as and touch everything where do you come in? What do you touch? What do we need to take away? What do we need to add? What do you mm. think sal- salons should change? Like those basic home salons. Like every, like a lot of people have home salons. They have all their fluffy pillows everywhere. Their blankets everywhere. No well, one. Is- and they have like all these decorative items that they yeah. really shouldn't have anyway. Well, um, talk about that. Talk about that. In your opinion, what needs to change, or what should be in place anyway? So, so do you mind if we start with um, what you should already be doing? Absolutely, yes. 
Okay. Because then we'll just add on that later on. So what you should already be doing anyway is wearing a mask if you're doing lash, because most of this audience is lash artists, right? Yes. Okay, so if you're a lash artist, you really should be protecting your lungs anyway. So you should be wearing a mask anyway. Um, there are different types of masks. Do you want me to go into that? We can go into that for sure, yep. Okay, so I actually have some here. I love um, it. I just you your, regular, your regular procedure mask is your basic, what you would use for splashes and, and droplets. Uh, you have your carbon mask, disposable ones, for that protects you from a little bit of organic vapor, but not a whole lot. Yeah. And you have your heavy duty respirator mask, which really protects you from um, your vapors. For long-term health, these are the ones you wanna wear, right? Mm -hmm. And um, then in between masks as well, that are more disposable with this one, yeah. is it a filter you slip in every now and then? Do you exchange yeah. it or? This one, these, these things come off. And you change this right. filter every day. But I know which ones you're talking about too. The ones that are kind of in between. It's uh, a cloth, and you slip in a filter, like a carbon filter. So they're yeah. kind of like these ones, but better. And yeah. some of them also have valves, right? Where did you get your respirator from? Well, I consulted with an occupational hazard safety person, and yeah. I gave I gave her all my MSDS, and she said that this this mask she fitted me for it and she told me which filters to get that is amazing yeah and, and you can get them at like uline or like a medical distributor yeah. yeah so definitely those are the best type right but if people may not have like access to them something i just want to show so there's they are really heavy as well so it kind of hurts my neck sometimes yeah it would yeah. after a while if you like hanging yeah. down all the time. if your if your posture isn't right on point yeah, that's true. Then you have these types. Like this is a cloth mask. It has a valve. This can be washed. And then you have these filters that slip in. Yeah. And those are like the carbon filters, right? Yeah, the carbon filters. Mm -hmm. um, and this gives you a pretty decent protection, but it's not as good as yours, obviously. But this is like the next best thing. Plus, it's quite environmentally friendly because you're only throwing out these little ones. And yes. you can wash this. So... These are a lot more expensive than just like a normal little disposable one. And then you yeah. have this, and then you have these one-time use. So these would be used for one day only, only if you don't touch the mask unless you have washed your hands straight up before. So that's the problem, right? We can talk about that as well. So this mm -hmm. is a N95 certified mask, has like five layers. And this one is designed for, not for the fumes, but for splashing out, coughing, sneezing, mm -hmm. any liquids, you know, and you can squeeze the top. So one thing, and I think you get asked that as well, I don't want to wear them because they fuck up my glasses. Well, they don't. Not if you have a proper seal. I'll, I'll demonstrate this. <laughs> yeah. You got squeeze it mm -hmm. really tightly at the nose. And then you can put your glasses on it and nothing yep. happens. And make sure exactly. it has a nice tight seal. Yeah. Because you, you only fog up your glasses if there's air pockets and, and your breath comes up, up behind your glasses. Yep. So if, if you're wearing them properly, it shouldn't fog up your glasses. That's right. But again, this one's not designed for lashing as such. It's mostly for protection yeah. for 
for others. This yeah, so like if you're doing brows or something like that, yeah. brows or facial. That's right. Carbon filter is more so towards lashing. This is also protection for spills and stuff like that when you're coughing mm -hmm. or sneezing. But yours, that is definitely the way to go. So now we've there's pros and cons, right? So like, like I said, the one that I have is super heavy. So sometimes it does hurt my neck and gives me a headache after a really long day. So there's there's a solution for everybody. It might be using the less heavy ones, like the ones that you have, the cloth one, and an extractor fan. Yeah. Know, there's, there's a solution for everybody. What is your opinion? Because we actually recently, one of my students, um, she's a trainer as well now, she recently talked to the company that sells the extraction fan units for the VOC fumes and stuff like that, saying that the filter that's inside those machines still lets the COVID particles through. So they are too small. So they literally get sucked in and blown out again. So what is your opinion on that? I think this is something we have to think about if we're using an extraction unit. Not many yeah, people. I hadn't actually heard that. But when you exhaust your extraction, it exhausts out a window, right? No, 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 no. Um, well, some do. Mm -hmm. If you go to countries like Sweden, for example, they have it all connected and goes out to the window. But mm -hmm. over here in Australia, there's a company selling a big machine that has, um, say, just has a flat surface like that where the air comes out again. It doesn't oh. suck it out. See, the VOCs from the lash fumes, they get filtered. They mm -hmm. don't come back out. Mm -hmm. However, COVID particles, we were told, they are too small. They don't get caught in the filter system. They will literally be blown up in the air. If that's the case, I would discontinue use of that fan for now. Because if it's blowing back into your air, it's actually circulating it more than if you were just with your client talking. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or you might have to look for solutions to suck it out of the window, which is very difficult yeah. because not every room has a window. And another way, I'm not a mask expert by any means, but something that I saw on beautiful social media is how to test your masks because not all masks are made the same. So um, I have a lighter here and I'm going to try and blow out the flame. And I already, I already know which ones do and which ones don't. So that'll make it quicker. And I'll just show you because I thought it was really cool. Mm, I saw that too. Yeah. I thought it was so interesting because not all mask boxes are labeled what they cover. So not, of, not all of them are rated or comply yes. with standards. So it's good to know how to test them. Yeah. Right. So this one, you can see. <sighs> So that blew out, like not easily, but it was not that difficult to blow it out, right? Nice. There's much more force behind it and whoosh, yes. particles are out. Yes. And when you do wear a mask, this is something that I actually learned recently. I was wearing them backwards. Um, you want the color side to be out. I didn't know that before. And then because I was like, oh, I actually like the side that hides the wire more. So I was wearing them backwards, but... I don't know if it really makes any difference. It does. But it was filter, yeah. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. So this mask is okay because I could actually feel the air coming out from underneath. Mm -hmm. Whew. 
it's hot too. And that is a great way to test. Yeah. Yeah. Like if I cut the masks open to compare them and see what the difference is between those two, like, is it the type that the layers are or is it the amount of layers? I don't know. Let's find out. That's Shall we? To see which ones I was going to sell. <laughs> Let's cut them open. So this is the black one. This is the first live. Well, <laughs> and it looks like it's only, it is three layers. Yeah. And the middle layer kind of looks like a bounce dryer sheet. And then the outside layers look like just like the regular masks. Um, let's cut open this guy. And see. I don't even know if there's any difference that we will be able to see. There is a difference in the way that the material is woven at times and how the material kind of links together. It's so this, this one is also three layers. The middle layer is less porous looking like it doesn't look like a dryer sheet yeah. it looks like like a serviette at a fancy restaurant yeah that's the way that it's woven together it's just yeah. more fibers used to make yeah. it and it's soft super mm -hmm. soft there you go here's the black mask and here's the blue mask so that was a cool little test just to see yeah the inside it's the inside layer that looked like it was more like mm -hmm impervious you know yeah. i was uh ch chatting with levi from nala uh, a couple days ago and we were doing some research around masks and what to use and we stumbled across a little note on the cdc website uh center of disease control and they said that it is of note that and i'm quoting them n95 or other respirators with an exhaust valve might not provide source control now we couldn't really get clarification on what that meant. So our educated guess on what that meant is when you're breathing out, you can still breathe out the virus if you're a carrier. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 That's, that's our educated guess. Yeah. So when you're breathing in, it'll protect you. But if you're breathing out and you are expelling the virus, yeah. it will still come out of those valves. This is why these ones with the carbon are more so geared towards lash artists with the fumes because you don't want to breathe in the fumes, but you still want to be able to breathe and yeah. not be claustrophobic. Yeah. But with the other ones, um, this offers a lot more protection in the sense. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. But that's something that when we read it, I was like, well, mind blown. Like, I didn't even think about that. It totally makes sense. All the government agencies are telling us that the opposite. Wear a mask to protect everyone else. Yes. From your droplets. But if it has a valve, you're not protecting everyone else if you're wearing a mask. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, true. Yeah. I just thought that was really interesting. Interesting little tidbit. So apart from wearing masks, what's, what are some other things that salons should already be doing anyway? Uh, gloves. <laughs> Tell me your theory around gloves. Cause there's like a lot of hoo-ha going on. It's such a controversial subject because people are so against wearing gloves. And I get it because I didn't used to wear gloves and I didn't like wearing gloves when I first started. The bottom line is we're dealing with a mucous membrane and in any personal service establishment guideline that you see, it says if you're coming into contact with a mucous membrane or non-intact skin, you must wear gloves. I don't know why it's not 
common knowledge though, or why it's not very enforced. But um, the fact of the matter is it, it's there black and white. And if you still need more coercion to wear gloves, just think of it in the terms of it's protecting you and your client, right? It's protecting you because if you didn't get a chance to wash your hands after your service and you touch your eye because you're explaining to them something and you're washing, you're explaining how to wash their lashes and you touch your eye and you just gave yourself whatever they had. If you were wearing gloves, then even if you didn't have time to wash your hands, you still would have taken off your gloves, thrown them in the trash. And at least you wouldn't have their bacteria and viruses all over your hands, right? It would just be your own. How should people wear gloves? When do they put them on? When do you take them off? I see people driving a car with gloves on and masks, and I just laugh. Because yeah, because... They're obviously not educated. So what would you tell those people in the well, <laughs> Well, there's a lot of arguments about wearing gloves and how they are no better than washing hands because they give you a false sense of security. And that's true if you're not using them properly. But that's true with anything if you're not using it properly. If you don't use your disinfection solution properly, then it's giving you a false sense of security. It doesn't mean that you should stop doing it. It just means that you need to learn how to do it properly, right? If you don't wear your underwear properly, it gives you a false sense of security. It doesn't mean you should stop wearing your underwear, right? So um, how you should do it properly is once you have your gloves on, it doesn't mean that you can touch your hair, your chair, your lights, everything, and then touch your client. You still need to operate as if you are not wearing gloves and because people are like, oh, I just sanitize my hands all the time instead of wearing gloves. And it's just as good. It's not just as good, but wear your gloves like you are sanitizing your hands all the time. If you touch anything that's not in your disinfected zone, like I operate my trolley with a disinfected zone and a non-disinfected zone. So everything in my disinfected zone is like my tweezers and anything that comes disinfected or that I disinfected between clients. So that might be like a little dish that I pump my shampoo into, my disposables, my mask, if, if I'm putting on my non-respirator mask um, and my tweezers. Mm -hmm. And if I touch anything in that zone, it's already disinfected. So it's okay. I can carry on working on my client. But if I touch anything that's not in that disinfected zone, like my adhesive or my tray or like just anything else that hasn't been disinfected properly before touching my client, and then I have to use hand sanitizer on my gloves before touching my client again. Some people might argue that you should change your gloves every time you do that, but I'm happy with just using hand sanitizer. Yeah, or you can wash your hands quickly as well with soap. If yeah, that available. you can, but let's be honest, no one's going to do that. And I could say change your gloves every time you touch anything, but let's be honest, no one's going to do that. No, and it's also not very environmentally friendly. We've always got to think about that kind of thing. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's important to know that people only wear one pair of gloves with one client. And yes. not think, oh, I just want to protect myself because then if you touch one client, you're going to do cross-contaminate to the other client. Yes. You might be protected if you, like, not touch anything else, but your next client won't be. 
Yeah, exactly. So that's why I say it's it does double duty. It protects you and it protects your client and you need to look at it that way. So don't just be wearing your gloves and touch everything and then touch your client again. You still can't, you couldn't do that with your bare hands. You can't do that with gloves either. Some people disagree with using hand sanitizer on gloves. So um, what I recommend people do is find gloves that fit them properly and are a good fit also that have a good grip right um because it should feel like second skin it shouldn't be so too tight that it cuts off circulation but it also shouldn't be too baggy that you're fumbling with your tweezers yes um i do recommend people use hand sanitizer on them throughout their service several times not all nitrile gloves are made the same there are different qualities and different thicknesses Mm -hmm. and so not all of them can withstand the onslaught of alcohols so much so what you need to do is wear your gloves and work on a mannequin head a full set and every time you touch something do it like you would with a real client with your hand sanitizer and at the end of the treatment treatment on your mannequin head take off your gloves and fill it with water and check for holes and leaks Mm. if if it leaks water then you need to find a thicker better quality glove does that make sense that's great good tip yeah yeah oh and let's talk about taking them off properly oh yes let's do that yeah because a lot of people don't do that either so your gloves are contaminated already so if you were to touch your skin or your clothes or something you're contaminating yourself with whatever's on your gloves so you want to be able to take off your gloves without contaminating yourself so first you want to go uh glove to glove and just kind of pinch the corner of the outside of the glove and turn it inside out. The inside you've already been exposed to, so it's fine. Ball that up in your hand and then go skin to skin. Because if I were to touch this glove now with my bare hand, I would contaminate myself. So you wanna go skin to skin, go underneath and flip that guy inside out while you're taking him off. And now you can toss him in the bin. What is your opinion about setting up the lash bed? now these days because i see so many pictures of beautiful fluffy salons and and cushions and linen and blankies and uh pillows and everything like that with being covid safe Mm -hmm. what does that mean in terms of setting up your workstation with the lash bed well what you should already be doing is you can either have your client laying directly on your lash table which is made out of a non-porous material. So you spray it and disinfect it between every single client. Um, If you have a pillow or anything like that, it should be a non-porous material or covered with a non-porous material. So if you have a plastic bag that has like is made for it, and then you put like a towel over top, you can do that. Um, And then you change it out or spray to disinfect in between clients. That's something that we should be doing anyway. But now with COVID, so what we used to do in aesthetics before I do facials as well, is we did like a bed sheet and then a second bed sheet, kind of like what they do in the hotels, second bed sheet and then the blanket over top and your client lays in between the two bed sheets. So you can just wash the bed sheets and your client didn't touch the blanket. So you don't need to wash the blanket until the end of the day. These days, what I would recommend is to wash everything anyway, right after, 
or what some places are doing is not even providing sheets or blankets anymore or asking their clients to bring their own or something like that. I personally will still be providing a blanket, but I'll just wash it every single time. And you're not going to do the whole bed sheet in between type thing because you can't avoid the client at some stage pulling it up to their face because they like to be like all snuggly, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so now I'm just going to do my bed sheet over top of my treatment table. Like I always do anyway. And then my blanket on top of my client, but then I'm just going to launder it at the end, end of each appointment. Yeah. And, and spray down your table. Yeah, for sure. And how many clients would you say you have a day if you're fully booked like four or five, maybe six some, sometimes. So everyone has to stock up if they want to provide that service yeah. too, with something fluffy and nice. Yes. You need to be able to have six things rotating all the time. Make yeah. sure that if you pull everything off that lash bed, you still do it in your lash room and put it straight away into a plastic bag. Don't drag that stuff through the salon floor and put it in the back of your car. You're going to have to put it into an actual bag. Otherwise, you're going to spread that stuff. Yeah. And, and for people who don't have access to laundry, it's going to be a little bit more difficult for them. So if that's the case, it's not as environmentally friendly, but you can always get the disposable sheets or just have them lying directly on your table and just spray it down after each client. Yeah. Or like you said, get them to bring their own blanket, but make sure they also know that their blanket has to be folded up, rolled up and put straight up into a plastic bag before they leave. Yeah. yeah. Some people are okay with their clients bringing things and some people aren't because they yeah. don't know if they will be bringing in something that's contaminated already. So it's, it depends on how much control you want over your environment. Totally. And I mean, there's also the option of just rug up, you know, just come in with lots of clothes on and no blankets whatsoever. But then those clothes could also be contaminated. Like you can go really, really far with that. Really. You can go pretty crazy. And, and I've spray them down. <laughs> I've compiled a list of things that people might want to consider doing yeah. and it's already got like over 20 things on it. You could yeah. go completely crazy if you really wanted to. Something else that you should already be doing is not using the same towel on every client. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. So it, it is coming to light that you can contract COVID or um, spread COVID through your eyes as well because it's a mucous membrane. So one thing that people still do, no judgment, but one thing that people still do because they probably don't know better, they weren't taught any different, is to use the same tile for multiple clients and not change out the strips and not disinfect the tile. And I urge you <laughs> to stop doing that and just make each palette or each tile for that one client cut your strips ahead of time, dispense just enough for that service, and then throw away any leftovers. If you get good at doing it, you shouldn't have very many leftovers, to be honest, yeah. because you kind of get to know how much your client needs for each service, right? Um, and then you want to completely disinfect your tiles at the end of each service and use a clean one for every service. Yeah, so people might need a few more tiles than what they have now and just have like a rotation. Now, how would you go about disinfecting tiles and tweezers? I know, but I need to ask just for those yeah. who don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's three different levels of disinfection. There's low, intermediate, and high. And which level you need depends on what you're using it for. 
So because your tweezers come into contact with the eye, which is a mucous membrane, and possibly tears, which is a bodily fluid, they need to be high-level disinfected. Your palate, it, it's not meant to come into contact with a mucous membrane, but it could be accidentally exposed to a bodily fluid like the tears. If you contacted the tears with your tweezers and then touched the palate, that's accidental contact. So that needs to be intermediate level disinfected. Low level is for things that only come into contact with intact skin or don't actually touch your client, like your table or your doorknobs, your light, things like that. So your procedures are all the same. You want to first clean your product. So um, if it's tweezers, make sure there's no adhesive on the tweezers. And then you want to scrub it with soapy water. But lukewarm water, not hot water. If you have bio debris on an item and you use hot water, that can bake on the bio debris onto the, the metal surface. So you, when you scrub it, you're physically removing the items, but you're using lukewarm water, so you're not baking it on. Does that make sense? Yep. And then you're going to dry it, and then you're going to soak it for the full immersion time of whatever high-level disinfectant you're using. And then it'll either tell you to rinse it or air dry or wipe it dry. Do whatever the label is going to tell you to do, yep. and then store it in a clean, closed container. And where can people find high-level disinfectant that's good for tweezers? Okay, so I'm compiling a list of different brands that you can get. I haven't found one that I like for Australia yet, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But when I find one for Australia, I will shout it from the rooftops because I've been looking for a long time. My preferred high-level disinfectant is accelerated hydrogen peroxide. So it's actually better for the environment than some of the other um, chemical. Oh, really bad ones. Fluoro pink and it's just so toxic. And yeah. I'm using something and I'm not even allowed to say this because the TGA is working on that product at the moment. It hasn't been approved as of yet but it is not killing 99.9% .9 of bacteria and it has been approved by the United States in the use for COVID if used as per directions. Mm -hmm. And that is biodegradable and it, you can breathe it in and it's not like a toxic, toxic one. So I think it's so important yes. to think about that when choosing cleaning products for the salon specifically, because some of the stuff will make everything toxic and you make yourself more sick trying to yep. fight illness. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And the environment, like you're dumping that down the drain at the end of your one week or two weeks or every day. And what is that doing to our water and our marine life, you know? Yeah, it's going to like go back to something that is just polluted so much more, even though we have such a good standing with nature at the moment due to less pollution. But I think now with all the cleaning stuff going on, I go back to normal pretty quickly, unfortunately. Yeah. So the, and so the one that I prefer is uh, the active ingredient is activated or accelerated hydrogen peroxide. So with hydrogen peroxide, it neutralizes to oxygen and water. Mm -hmm. So when you dilute it, it turns into oxygen and water, so it doesn't actually pollute 
your water away. From my experience, what we currently are using, which is pretty toxic, unfortunately, still, but what is allowed and approved by the TGA against virus and 99.99% of bacteria is things like Vira Clean. And then there's also a really good, good disinfectant by Livingston just for those Australians that are listening. But again, I am hoping that this other product that I'm using will be approved very soon. And then I will share that with everybody what, what that is. Yeah, hopefully. And, and you want to make sure if it's for your tweezers yep. or anything that comes into contact with eyes or a mucous membrane or bodily fluids, that it's a high level disinfectant. A lot of people will say, oh, it's hospital grade, it's hospital grade. But hospitals also use low levels because they yep. use it on their floors and their surfaces. So just because it says hospital grade, it doesn't mean that it's high level. Somebody asked me before, well, are there different levels of clean? Yes, there are because it kills different levels of things. Uh, for example, the difference between a high-level disinfectant and sterilization is high-level disinfectant does not kill spores, and sterilization does. So there are different levels of clean. Absolutely, yes. And it's so important to know the difference because the amount of times I read someone, oh, I need to sterilize my tweezers. No, you don't sterilize them, honey. You will disinfect them. So we need to learn about it more in order to talk about it. And, and I explain it in my course too. I have a digital course for infection control for lash artists. And in one of the modules, I'm like, why are there so many different terms that people use? And the answer is there aren't so many different terms that mean the same thing. People just aren't using them correctly. Do you want to yeah. share, do you have anything else on your list? Now thinking if a client walks into the door, the kind of things that need to be in place. I got lots of things on my list. Yeah. <laughs> So you want to make sure you're record keeping too. Before you open, you want to make sure, and this is something that Levi mentioned, Levi from Nala mentioned, and I didn't even think about it. She said, check, make sure you check with your lawyer that your, um, your waiver covers you just in case there's an outbreak in your salon, yeah. right? You want to check with your insurance to make sure they'll cover you in case it's discovered that your salon is the source of an outbreak. Will, are you still going to be covered? Because that's something you need to think about. Yeah, that's true. In Australia, yeah. we are required in Queensland, and I can just read this off the list. Record keeping, it says, contact information must be kept on all clients, workers, and contractors, including name, address, and mobile phone number for a period of at least 28 days. And of course, that is in case there's an outbreak, they can follow it back and COVID takes anywhere from two to three weeks to you know, show symptoms, if any. And so we need to be, be able to have um, all the records and show them off. So get rid of all the manual paperwork and your paper trail and get an online booking system where people actually can book themselves in. And there's many, many different available, so, so many. And people can even book online and pay your deposit straight away and you're going to avoid no shows as well. So it's a win-win for everybody. That is win-win. I do still like using paper as a backup only because they can sign. I have no oh. symptoms. I have no this. I have no that. And I'm signing it. They can sign online too these days because if they tick something and agree, it's like a signature pretty much. Okay. Nice. I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but yeah, you can just tick boxes but, and agree yeah. to it. Check with your lawyer to see if that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, share some more of your yes. record. So potential new measures that you might want to implement because of COVID. So some of these might be temporary. Some of these are temporary that might turn into permanent. We don't know. 
we don't know what's going to happen, right? And these might be different depending on where you live. So make sure to check with your health authority wherever you're living to make sure that you're either meeting or exceeding what they're telling you to do, right? Book your clients with ample time in between because now you have to disinfect everything. Like if they touched a pen, you need to disinfect that. If they touched your door, you have to, you have to disinfect everything. So you want to make sure you're booking your clients with a lot of time in between so that you can fully turn over everything in between clients. So that's a huge one. Um, quickly because we had hair salons open still here during this whole time and now our numbers are like zero most days now there's no new cases even though the hair salons were open but they say the more airy the area Mm -hmm. and uh, the the less chances of infection even if you are standing like a meter apart or whatever so most of the salons had their door open so people can walk straight in. You don't need to touch a door handle. You don't need to clean it every five minutes. Mm-hmm. So if your salon it has the ability to have the door open and get fresh air in, yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's something that we always say to do if you're working with chemicals, make sure your room is well ventilated. Like a lot of these things are things that we already should be doing. But we don't, unfortunately. Yeah. But we don't because well, we got into it. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, or a lot of people weren't taught originally, like with eyelash extensions, it says on the MSDS that it needs to be used in a well-ventilated room, but how many people have this tiny little room with just enough uh, space for a table and that's, and no windows, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. People, and, and then they get sick and then they're like, oh, I didn't know I was going to get sick from this. It said right on the MSDS to use it in a well-ventilated, anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you want to, and we already um, kind of touched on this, make sure you're by appointment only. There's a lot of places that are saying no walk-ins now. That's partly for record keeping, but partly just to minimize traffic, like unexpected traffic into your space. Yep. Because they want you to stagger your appointments now so that people don't cross paths, right? Absolutely. Um, one thing I also have at the door, whoops, other uh, things hanging on it is a little sign like that I made up to make sure people don't come in if they have any of those symptoms. And I'm explaining that we're following social distancing. We have a COVID safe work plan in place. To have something like that right at the front door where people can see it, or if your door is open, I bought a little stand. There's a little stand with this and a hand sanitizer next to it. So people straight up sanitize their hands before they come in. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't, remember that you can refuse service. Yes. You're, you're allowed to re- refuse service to people if they had any symptoms or if they've been exposed to anyone that is ill or has symptoms. Um, I think a lot of people are scared to turn away business, especially after having been closed for so long. But your health is very important. So don't work on anyone that's sick. And likewise, don't come to work if you are sick. Yes. No, that's no more days of you saying, oh, I don't feel so well, but I'm so booked out. My clients will be angry with me. It's too bad. You can't do it anymore. They'll be more angry if you got them sick. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, much more angry. We've touched on this already, removing all non-essential decor. Rugs, most health authorities won't let you have carpeting anyway in a service establishment. 
Some places do, but it's not a good idea because you can't disinfect it. Basically remove anything that you can't disinfect, magazines, brochures, fluffy things, no more food, no more drinks, only like individual packaged things you can give them, but no like a uh, little bowl of candies or anything like that. And I saw that you were marking your floor in your high traffic areas with, yes. yeah, and that's a good idea if you have space like that. I work from home, so I don't need that. But in your case, it was super cute and it didn't look bad either. It looked cute. I know. I just ordered 200 from a supplier here to sell them in the Lash Tribe shop. And also your pillow has those little lashes on them. I ordered just those cut out so people can, yeah, just mm -hmm. little stickers um, of non-slip non vinyl. So if there are salons with two or more tables um you know when people are at reception or someone delivers something or someone wants to check out and you have a desk like i have a desk where i am they need to be away from me and they need to have legally a marking on the floor to show them where one and a half meters is mm -hmm. so. yeah so this wouldn't be allowed don't have a pillow like this as decor ah uh, such That's a not allowed so, and you want to space out your workstations so that they're at least two meters apart. If you're in an open concept salon and you have several tables in one room, you want to make sure you are like distancing them at least two meters apart, um, which means that you might only be working at 50% capacity. Do you think people should provide their clients with masks as well? Do you have to legally do that in Canada? You don't have to legally do that, but I think that we are providing a luxury service and I'm not going to say I'm going to charge you a dollar extra because that feels chintzy to me, you know? What would you do to clients if they don't want to wear a mask? I would say for me, they would have to wear a mask, but I will provide it. Yes, same. Yeah. Yeah. And if they don't wear it, no service. It's the same as signing your waiver. If you don't sign my waiver, I'm not providing a service for you that would be a good thing to add to the waiver that without a mask there's no service yeah also um to your uh email or text confirmations just detail your new policies so that yep. people are aware before they come in yes. and if they're not okay with it they can't say i didn't know like i sent it out to you right yeah excellent it's, it's about open communication and managing expectations right definitely um, Restricting extra guests. A lot of people are going to love this anyway, because we don't like it when people bring extra guests. So yeah. this is like a, a no risk way of saying, sorry, you can't bring your child with you. Sorry, you can't bring your boyfriend with you. You can't bring your mom, sister, grandma. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. Uh, I think a lot of people are happy about that. Uh, your waiting room, I saw you covered this in your live as well. You either need to disassemble your waiting room and not have one. Same with your staff lunchroom, or you need to rearrange your furniture so that you're socially distancing. Yep. In some places, hard to do because it's so small. In some places, it's easy to do because it's a bigger space. So, But really, you're not having anyone in your waiting room anyway. You're not supposed to have anyone waiting is the thing. You need like the constant flow of people coming and going and not passing each other. Yeah. You're not supposed to be having people waiting for things. Yeah, the issue is, is if you have a salon, say, with six or seven beds, we have quite a few of those. Sometimes there might be 
a bit of passing and waiting to be able to check out at the counter and things like that. So in that case, you need to make sure they are at least a meter and a half spaced apart with markings on the floor or chairs that are far apart. Tester units you talked about, like just get rid of your testers right now and discourage people from excessively touching your retail products. Still got to do the retail, you know, but what you can do is you can show it to them and then you can say, if you'd like to try it, I will put it on for you yeah. with disposable whatever you have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah you still want people to buy things. You just want to discourage the people that touch every single thing because you now have to disinfect every single little thing they touch, right? Yeah, more work. <laughs> yeah, and with retail, it's hard. Boxes don't disinfect. You can't disinfect boxes. You really can't because it's porous. Great, yeah. So another thing that I'm personally going to be doing as well is having my clients, as soon as they come in, wash their hands and sanitize their hands as soon as they come in. Um, that's something that I didn't always do before because unless I was providing a nail service, I didn't really need it. But yeah. it's a good idea too, because you don't know what they just touched before coming into your space. And as much as we missed our clients, we need to like not hug them or shake their hand or anything like that when we see them, which sucks because some of us are huggers yeah. and we really missed our clients. What do you think about the uniform and what should happen with that kind of close contact? Because you might be touching your client's hair a little bit at times. I always wear a smock anyway. The only difference is now I'll change it after each client instead of at the end of the day. It is a good idea because sometimes we are touching our client's hair or because I also do facials and other things. Sometimes I get creams all over me. Sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it is, it's to protect my clothing as well. Right. Yes. Extra health questionnaire. That's what a lot of places are saying. Like, um, have you had any fever or cough symptoms in the past 14 days? Have you been exposed to anyone who is, COVID positive? Um, yeah. Are you experiencing any? Yeah, exactly. Any of that stuff. Except some people are having someone sign the questionnaire just to say, tick, 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 no, 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 yeah. sign it. Some people are saying to take temperatures. Some people are saying that unless you're a healthcare professional, you shouldn't be taking temperatures. Mm -hmm. So do whatever your health authority is telling you to do yeah and if your health authority doesn't tell you anything about that then you know you can, if restaurants are opening up again here tomorrow mm -hmm. you're only allowed to have 10 patrons in the restaurant at any time i don't know how they're going to do it they have to have sittings surely not everybody will have the temperature taken every time they walk into a restaurant mm -hmm. but i'm sure there will be some kind of waiver or a sign like this so i think it really depends on the business and how long you have contact with that business uh in in the business with your clients as well and if you just have a quick bite at a restaurant for 20 minutes in comparison to hovering over someone for two hours i think that's six inches away from them yeah different so definitely check with the health authorities and if there's no information just do what you think is right just because you are phase two reopening if you don't feel comfortable opening right away, then don't. Yeah, we have a lot that the clients even say they still want to wait a little bit longer because they're not yeah. quite comfortable. Because it happened really fast. Mm -hmm. Over here it did. Costs of masks and gloves is horrendous. Insane. 
insane. I mean, I'm a supplier and it is very difficult for me to get just one mask. A mask like this used to be what, like 10, 20 cents. This is like almost $3 now to buy. Yeah. Or $4 even. It's insane. So don't get angry with suppliers if the masks are 6 to $8. Yeah. Because it's not your fault. Because that's how much they cost a lot, plus importing tax and whatnot. And shipping has gone up like crazy as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you need to factor that in. And that's, that's another thing. I wrote an article for Lashink Magazine for their next issue coming out. And it's five things to consider before reopening. And the last thing to consider is your pricing. Because you yeah. have to implement all these new things. A lot of it might be a new expense to you. You want to make sure that you recalculate your cost per service and include if you're going to provide your client with a mask include that in your price instead of saying hey susan i'm going to charge you an extra two dollars today which sounds kind of cheap you know like i don't like having to do that raise your prices by five dollars and then just explain this is why because these are our new measures yes and because we are providing you with a personal protective uh, equipment yeah you know and i think it sounds really good as well and very safe mm -hmm. following that plan and I'm, I'm sure they'll understand and they would feel a lot more comfortable coming into your salon versus someone who has not informed you about anything that they're going to do exactly it's all about communicating with your clients and making sure that their expectations are being managed everyone's scared right now so they just need to feel safe with you yeah that's right so so do whatever you can to make sure they feel safe. If that means you need to upgrade or um, relearn proper infection control procedures, do that. There's tons of classes right now that you can take that will teach you things that you should already be doing or things that are just like a good reminder or some things might be new to you, like you should wear gloves, might be new to you. So there are several classes. Take all of them if you can. And it's also very important to update and inform all your employees, if you have any. Yeah. Um, my employees are doing a TAFE course. It's a free course on how to be COVID safe mm -hmm. um, so that they know exactly what they need to do. I could teach them myself, but the government is providing a free course now for everyone that needs to follow a checklist, which is everybody in the um, health and beauty industry. And also anyone with restaurants, for example, or takeaway stores, everyone has a COVID safe checklist. And those people with a checklist have to take a COVID safe uh, online course. Take all the courses that you can get your hands on right now, because each and every one is going to teach you something different. I saw that Barbicide had one, but obviously they're only going to be teaching about their products, right? And it depends on what modality you are. Like you're, you're a hairdresser as well, right? So you might want, if you were still an active hairdresser, you might want to learn about what to do for hair as well as lashes. If you only do lashes and brows, then you might want to take one that's specifically for you. Take all the ones you can get your hands on because you will learn yeah. different nuggets from all of them. I think the cosmetic tattoo artists here in Australia will have it the easiest because I am as well. I had to mm -hmm. take the actual hospital maintained infection control um, module. I had to get a certificate for personal appearance have to pay yearly fee to be able to upkeep. I had to have the counsel wow. into my treatment rooms to approve everything. So everything is very sterile anyway, where I am. 
Yes. But I think a lot of lash salons, and I really hope, and I want to tell everyone who is watching or listening to this, please follow the rules. Don't think because it looks better to have a cushion and a nice blankie everywhere. It's it's going to make a huge difference if you don't follow the rules. <laughs> it's not worth the risk. No, it's not worth it. And you can, I'm sure you'll, there'll be areas at some stage where you're going to be fined if people find out. Yeah. If you're operating without a client list, if you're operating out of a bedroom with a carpet, things like that. Yeah. And as I say, clients are scared right now. So they're yeah. researching as well. So if I were a client and I didn't know much, I just know what I know, and I had to choose between lash artist A, who's doing everything aseptically and communicating with me and telling me exactly what they're doing and I'm seeing what they're doing versus somebody that still has fluffy rugs and fluffy pillows everywhere and I'm not really sure if they're cleaning everything, I'm not going to go to them. Even if I've been going to them for years, I would choose the person that I feel safer with. So it's just, it's not worth the risk to pass on the viruses or infections, but it's also not wor worth risking your reputation. Absolutely. And I know for myself, if I get my lashes done, I'm going to take some of my own personal protective equipment just to know that, you know, she's abiding by everything, which not everybody knows yet what to do. Mm -hmm. We can do that. I mean, if you guys are going to lash artists currently and they might not be following everything because maybe simply they don't know, they haven't got the answer, maybe send them this video or this podcast. They can listen to everything or you can help them out. This article that I wrote for Lashing Magazine is also going on Nala's blog. So that'll have all the stuff that we talked about today, contactless yeah. payments and virtual staff meetings. That's mm -hmm. just the last little bit. Uh, plastic shield. Some people are wearing a mask and their protective equipment and a plastic shield over top. Some places tell you you have to. Some, some places are not yeah firing it so it depends on what you're comfortable with also hair nets yeah hair nets might be a great idea to yeah. start using for your clients it's something that i already started recommending anyway because i see in a lot of groups some people saying i was halfway through my appointment with a client and i saw something that looked like lice or knits in their hair because we're not hairstylists we don't add hair and scalp to our consultation and sometimes we don't notice until we're halfway through. And if you're not wearing a smock, you're touching their hair because they're, they're right here, right? So something I started doing was making sure my clients all had a hairnet. That way it doesn't protect me from the lice infestation. But if I see something midway through service, at least I know it was contained. And then I can stop the service and send them to the doctor right away and disinfect everything. The number one most effective way of preventing illnesses is to wash your hands, but also to wash them properly. I know most of you know this, but at least 20 seconds, which means happy birthday song, or you can also sing the thong song, <laughs> which is like most people know the thong song, right? <laughs> you also can, um, what I say always, not just like wash like this and go, oh, this is boring. Like go right in between every finger, go like this, mm -hmm. keep your nails short. 
ish. I know some of us like a bit of bling, but if you're wearing gloves, it's so easy to puncture your gloves if you're wearing them too long. So I think we'll seeing we'll be seeing a few shorter nails these days. You know what though? I wear mine not right now because I haven't been in to see my nail girl, but I usually have an almond shape, which is pretty pointy and quite long. And I have yet to puncture gloves with them. Yeah, put quality gloves, like do yeah. the test, like Emily said, definitely. I don't think I have anything else. We've pretty much covered everything on our list. Make sure that if you are not sure what to do, go into your government health website. Um, depending on the state that you are in, because every state has their own bloody rules, which mm -hmm. makes no sense. I think everyone should have the same rules in the one country because there's no difference between the people in the workplaces, really. But Which is sense. kind of the idea behind NALA or other professional associations is that if each state or country is not willing to be consistent with their regulation, then a third party um, association might be a good idea because yeah. they have their guidelines. And if you're part of it, then you're following their guidelines. Yeah, that's right. Also, um, you have written a blog, which will also be available on lashtribe.com.au. If you click on blog, that will be up very, very soon, if not already at this time. And I want to thank you so much for taking this time. I know this has gone way over time, but you always provide so much value and you're so knowledgeable in this topic. So I really wanted to chat to you and I didn't care how long it will take. Well, thank <laughs> you so much for having me. It was it was nice to talk to somebody, to be honest. <laughs> I know. I can't wait for things to open up tomorrow. At the time of this recording, they already are open. So my future me is excited and my past me goes, oh, I really want to go out and have a drink with someone. <laughs> Zoom drinks one day, okay? Thanks sure. everybody for listening in and I will see you all at the next podcast and listen to you as well. <laughs> Bye. Bye guys.